0: Hi everyone! Welcome to another episode of the Five One Speedway Show. My guest tonight is a legend of the sport. He's an England international. Uh, he has a brother who did slightly well as well, but this guy's the main man tonight. Uh, he has ridden for a host of clubs, We're starting off with Crew Hackney and finishing up at Long Eaton, and having so much fun in between. Please welcome to the show tonight is Dave Morton.
1: Hello. Please meet everyone. It, good, good.
0: It's, uh, it'll be an interesting one tonight because I don't think a lot of people would, uh, would, would know too much about your story. Obviously, you know about uh, your brother Chris and things like that, but uh, tonight will be a very interesting one, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it will be. Yeah, it will be. But how's your um, uh, 2020 been? Is it all been be good? You will be safe and everything?
1: Yeah, but I, um, well, I ended up, when we all went on, on lockdown, um, I was working at Manchester Airport at the time for Swiss Port. Mm. Um, went on lockdown last March. Um, and then redundancy came along on offer, so mm. I thought, do I really want to be going back how long it's going to be? So I ended up taking redundancy, so now I'm retired. So
0: Easy life now, then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> basically get some sort of life going, because it's um, with all this lockdown, I think it's just everything's on hold, really. So yep. it's just um, the way it goes.
0: Yeah, yeah, and hope and hopefully, you know, with all these new vaccines and all this news and everything, we can somewhat get some sort of normality back in a few months' time, really. And know, by the summertime it could be to some sort of normality.
1: Well, I would hope so. Really, it's been dragging on, and once um, we we'll get we're on the side of winter now, so hopefully it'll um, start picking up. The nights are getting lighter, so that always helps, doesn't it?
0: Oh yeah, hundred percent. Everyone's mood then starts lifting and whatnot, so it's all good. It's all going to be good. It'll be fine. I'm positive. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Probably.
0: Yeah, that's it. But um, tonight we're here to talk about uh, your long and illustrious career. Um, obviously, the first question would be how did you get sort of roped into turning sideways then, really?
1: Uh, it all started with uh, when, we were, when we were kids, really. Um, mm. My father was a motorcyclist, but never competitively. But um, we all used to ride bikes around Partington. Um, and then as we got into looking at bikes and that, um went to Peter Collins' dad's farm. Um, and then Used to ride old bikes, and then my dad converted a Lambretta scooter for me mm. 150 yeah. Lambretta. Uh, did that, and then um, used to ride at the farm with Peter, he had a, he had a chopped up bike. So, all of them we used to go to Speedway every Saturday to watch when Peter Craven, Dick Fisher, Cyril Mame and those sort of riders were around. Mm. Um, so we'd always wanted to do Speedway, but um, obviously, I served my time at Shell Chemicals, um, so I got an apprenticeship behind me. Peter had left before then. Um, he left, I think he did about 12 months at work, work and then he left and mm. um, went to Rochester and Bellevue. And I served me time, and then um, doing grass tracks in the meantime. Okay. Um, got my first buy in of 17, um, started doing grass tracks, and then um, obviously looking to go into Speedway eventually. Decided um, on the grass track, that's where we started, really, in the first place.
0: Yeah, and of course, uh, a lot of um, riders from that sort of time were on the grass as well as doing sort of speedway, serving their sort of apprenticeship, really, on, on the grass and things like that. Um, I, I looked over the the grass track sort of history books, and it did say that you managed to make a, a European final, and um, you managed to win, I think it was the the British
1: Pairs Championship, you managed to win on the grass as well? Yeah, that was me and uh, me and our Chris. Um, oh, no, uh, right. <laughs> um, that was down at down Midlands, I think it was somewhere, I can't quite remember where, but... Mm. Um, and I went to defend it the following year, and then um, we got beaten by uh, PC and Steve Hartley. Who was one of okay. the top. it was, um, yeah. The European Championship, um, yeah, I got to the final, but um, I couldn't race because I broke my ankle mm. um, a few weeks before. I went up to see um, Carlo Biaggi, you know. The, the yeah, city. yeah. Um, <clears throat> and he said. I can put you a special pot on if you want, uh, like a fiberglass pot, which they were quite rare back then in those days.
2: Mm.
1: Um, so I said, yeah, you put that on, and I can just put a short one on, and then I can go and ride at the meeting. So he put this this pot on, a very very slim one. I painted it black so it didn't stand <laughs> out. I went to the meeting, and um, some people saw it and started complaining. So the doctors came over and spoke to me and said, no, you can't ride with that. So, <laughs> it's probably a blessing in disguise really, because if I'd come off with that cast on, yeah, um, it would have made a bigger mess than what uh, what it already was. get so yeah. to ride in the final. I think Gerald Short won it. If I can't remember.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think I looked up the result. I say I can't remember who exactly won it, but um, yeah, it said that you, you were there, but you didn't ride. And I thought, well, that's a bit strange, you know, just to turn up. Maybe you got injured or something. Or you, you broke down on the way, but hearing that, that kind of makes sense to why you didn't ride. But yeah. well, I, I
1: didn't say to him. I'd broke my ankle, um, but obviously, I try to get it done. And it'd been it'd been about three weeks after that I'd brought, well, after I brought it when I went to there. But obviously, it was still. Not healed enough to to, to actually race, so it mm. stopped me racing. I would have raced because you want to race, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah, From especially yeah on the back.
0: Yeah, especially also with it being a European a, a final as well, a big meeting, you know, and things like that. Yeah, you, know, you, you it,
1: it, it wanted to um, want to race in it because uh, obviously yes, yeah, European final. Mm. Well, no, they would not let me. So the
0: medical staff. <laughs>
1: They don't understand it, they don't understand. No, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, but, uh,
0: <clears throat> yeah, just, just just, let the guy race, man. Let him race. I <laughs> my, my neck
1: on the line after the chances. Yeah, so, uh, no, I said no. oh well, oh
0: so, well, because that I didn't race. Yeah,
1: that's one of those things, but um, yes, that was it yeah but obviously you know after
0: that then obviously um you know you must have had some fun times in the old grass track and a lot of a lot of memories you must have from the, doing that
1: yeah well so we started going to watching the grass because i remember seeing chris pusey for the first time mm-hmm. um and johnny cox from around cheshire area because he was sponsored by jim Rawlinson, pc's sponsor um and yeah it was it was great I just went to get racing ourselves so i got my first bike and racing used to because you could race a grass track every weekend back in those days around Cheshire. Yeah, bar none clue who I was a member of. Um, the Midlands, up in um, Prasatin, around that area, all over the place. So it was uh, a yeah, good good experience for racing, especially when you come off the grass and then go on a speedway track. It's so smooth compared yeah. you know, to can be really bumpy. Yeah. Um, and how to hang on to with a big, to his back wheel. Mm. Then you go have the first time you ever go to speedway you think, oh God, this is smooth. It's a nice and smooth ride. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh <clears throat> yeah, grass track is a lot of the lads have, have come from the grass track, PC, say PC, mm. a lot of them have come from the grass tracking. Mm. The first way you because you can't go straight to speedway really is a professional, but, and it's more expensive. But going to the grass is quite cheap and it's cheap to do the meeting. So it's the way everyone
0: Used to go in back in those days, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, obviously, nowadays you can go straight into Speedway, and not necessarily do grass track. I think that's where the sort of like the grass track scene has suffered, you know, really and stuff like that. And obviously, in the modern modern era with people riding in Poland and all that sort of thing nowadays, you know, it's was sort of unfortunately sort of died down the grass track scene a bit, a little bit. Yeah, it, it,
1: it's changed. I mean, it's sort of changed over the years because. You could, they couldn't get the, the fields. That was a problem in later. They they couldn't get mm-hmm. the fields off the farmers. they was using it for different things, and like I said, was easier to get into speedway. So it sort of killed the grass track off a little bit. I mean, it's still going, but not as as good as it was as it was back in the day. So you could be racing every weekend, up and yeah. down the country. It was a shame, Because really, it, it was good, good racing, mm-hmm. good to get into it. But um, yeah, it's changed, so.
0: Yeah, oh, it's yeah, it hasn't. It? It's unfortunate, really. But um, then, obviously, obviously, before you won your British Pairs Championship, because you went there in the mid seventies, you um, managed to have a dabble at Speedway. So, how did you sort of like come across riding on your like your first time at a training track, or or going straight into it?
1: Well, it so it come from the grass track, and um, I've done I think about twelve months. I think nineteen seventy I got my first Speedway bike. Mm. I actually bought it off um, Alan Napkin, mm. who rode for Bradford. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a shop in Eccles which is not far from where I live down here um, my dad took me down there he helped me pay for it um, and that was my first bike I got and I went to um, a couple of training schools at uh, Bellevue it was Sunday, uh, Saturday afternoon I think it was, or Sunday did a bit around there um, I think I had a couple of second, not second and a half meetings at, at Bellevue
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then um, John Jackson's brother um said to me, do you want to come down to Crew And I have a look around, because I won't get much joy because a lot of people at Bellevue in them days do. Yeah, that. yeah. He um, said, do you want to come down to Crew on a Monday? And you'll definitely get a, a, after the meeting at first and then see how you go. So that's where it went from. So I went to Crew, did a couple of, after the meeting, then a couple of second hours, and then, like I say, the rest was history. So that's how, it, that's how I ended up going to uh, Crewe rather than, than Bellevue. Except if they got a regular set in house at Bellevue. I probably would have been there because when you're that young, you want to be racing every day. Yeah, you, you want to be on the bike, don't you? Just mm-hmm. want to race a motorcycle. Yeah, exactly,
0: and just, just getting getting the laps in and things like that. I mean, um, fortunately, obviously, with crew being second division as well at the time, you know, it's uh, it's obviously the, the perfect stepping stone for your, for your start of your career. Um, I can't remember with the Colts, it's the second division in seventy that, that sort
1: of time or were they? Yeah, yeah, um, Bellevue Colts started in sixty eight. Yeah, so, it was. Um, so that's, that's where PC first went to to mm. the Colts and then um, to Bellevue because mm. they rode at Bellevue at first but then they became Rochdale Hornets didn't they
0: yes that's it Yeah,
1: where it came about um, yeah I think crew joined the league in 70 or 70 I think they did because uh, Colin Tucker built build track mm. and it was a big track <laughs> yeah because I, mean, I mean I like the big tracks because mm. you can you can get some speed up you can get get going on the bike um, but yeah it was big although yeah. I'd been reduced from what it was originally uh, okay. It was a great big bowl, about a quarter mile round, mm. um, but they brought the, the straights in a little bit and made it a bit smaller. It was still big, still the biggest in the country, but a bit smaller than it was. Yeah,
0: because wasn't it sort of like around the outside
1: of a cricket pitch, something like that? Um, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You see, you see, um, it was owned by the railway. Um, yeah, it was the cricket ground there from the railway. Um, so the back of the sidings in in Crew, mm. um, and it was banked as well. So it was. <laughs> He survived. I yeah. was just from the bottom of the fence. It was, it was, it was quick.
0: Yeah, I could imagine so because I've seen footage thanks to obviously retro speedway and things like that of uh, of the crew track because I've only ever read about it, obviously, I n- never saw it or anything like that. But um, looking at the pictures of it, it did look big, it did look fast, and you know, and that sort of thing. But uh, of course, my local club being Eastbourne, and that would be in chalk and cheese almost because Eastbourne being a tight, narrow technical track and going to the wide open spaces of crew, you think, Jesus Christ, you know, it must be going yeah. sometime, some sometimes around there
1: yeah it'd be, so a lot of the, the small track riders didn't um, a lot of riders didn't didn't really like it because they you were going really quick just about causing meters off the fence so mm. i mean say coming for something like eastbourne you'd be going on the inside um so they'd be they probably didn't like it and the thing is you have to have a bike set up for those, those sort of big tracks mm. um probably a bike set up for um Eastbourne wouldn't be as good round crew and vice versa yeah. going to a you need to detune them a little bit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it all. Uh, it's a good home advantage track. <laughs> yeah, very
0: much so. Very much a good uh, home track advantage track. I can imagine, and, and uh, it's a. Um, you've had some success there, obviously in seventy-two uh, with uh, the League and Cup double. I mean, uh, in your in your second season in racing, you know that can't been bad for a youngster.
1: Well, yeah, because I've done uh, the year before. Um, I've done a couple of meetings. I think the first meet I went to was Sunderland. Mm. Um, I can't remember who wasn't riding, but someone didn't turn up or wasn't going there. Might be Jacko, actually, from what I can remember. I think got somewhere else. Um, so that did a couple of meetings the year before, um, and then seventy-two, um, I was in the team full time. Mm. So, but I was still working in it, at, at Shell at that time. Okay. So, because um, I worked, I served my me my five-year apprenticeship, which you did back in them days. Because I thought if I ever. Don't make it as a speedway rider, or when I come out of speedway, I go back to my trade. It's mm-hmm. always good to have another, uh, how string to your ball, as they say. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. That's, so yeah, so I was in the team full time in '72. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was good because I was I a was youngster, back in yeah. the day. Um, and Crumpy was was sort of top dog, uh, for the year before. So, he was so it's a good team, I had quite a quite good team, Di Evan's team manager. Mm. Uh, so yeah it, it was good. good good atmosphere there yeah and I can the, imagine so promoter uh, when little child, was, was good promoter I was looked after you. Um, of course he, he died during the, the, the season um, so he never saw us actually win the league yeah. he passed away during the year during that year did but, that sort um, of thing
0: then impact the team quite heavily then
1: yeah it, it was sad because um, I mean Ken Adams was team manager, and um, I think we were racing away somewhere when we found out that he passed away. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was it was sad, really. But like I said, we all pulled together and said, "Let's win it for for Murray." Mm. So it was yeah, it there's so a good good team spirit. Yeah, and, uh, obviously you need for for championship team. You find a lot more championship teams. They they're good. They all look after each other, don't they?
0: Yeah, 100%, yeah. I mean, in case if you need um, that, that gelling sort of thing, you know, and uh, I can imagine that with the strength that you have from top to bottom, I mean, obviously, Crumpy spearhead the way, I mean, that must have been um, interesting to have him in the team.
1: Yeah, because everywhere he went with Crumpy, you think, well, he's going to get 12 tonight, <laughs> which, which he did. I mean, and it's quite good, because I, I was in a number two. Mm. So I was paired with Crumpy, because he was number one, and I was a youngster, so... <clears throat> He always used to say to me have whatever gate you want so I used to have choice of gates because that's yeah. saw- I saw all these anyway so <laughs> let him have choice of gates <laughs> um, so yeah so it, it was quite good um, gave me choice of gates looked after me Um he'd pick up tips from the older riders so and they'd tell you what to do so it was it was good so now I was a youngster in the team so uh, it was good to be uh, looked after by the other riders telling you what to do and, Little tips here and there.
0: Yeah, because obviously that, that sort of thing goes a long, long, long way, you know, for, for a youngster and things like that, just to be pointed in the right direction, you
1: know. And, was, yeah. Going to tracks, that them I've never been to before. So they mm. tell you what games to do, your jets. So you, because you're going there for the first time, you don't know what, you, what to do. Yeah. So I was saying, well, like, going to somewhere like Eastbourne, and you say, well, what game are do we doing around there? So it's like nine, seven or something. Whereas around Crew, we're pulling seven. Four, I think yeah that's so the a big big change <laughs> so yes i things like that because you learn those things as you go along in speedway but um, yeah it, it, it was good that first year
0: yeah, yeah, obviously, as I said, in 72, then you say so went on to to win the, the, the League and Cup double, you know, um, and I, it's obviously one of the, one of Crew's highlights of that sort of time. But uh, yeah, like I said, winning it for, for Murray and things like that, you know, it must have just given you that little bit of extra, extra push towards the end of the season, just to make sure that you did seal the double.
1: Yeah, it was, um, it was good because but I got injured during that year, mm. actually, actually did it at work. Oh no. Yeah. I broke my finger at work um, I, I was working on a shutdown at, at Shell Chemicals and, and a big bolt fell on me and broke my finger so I, I missed back end of the year um, so it was just a bit unfortunate really, that I got injured for not even racing <laughs> Yeah, but so, I'm, I'm sure you were there in the pitch get up in the boys oh out, yeah I, you could. I, I, the way we did. Ken Adams took me with him mm. um, and I went to the by just final when Crumpy won that. Mm-hmm. So it was there at Wimbledon when he won that. Uh, so yes, yeah, so I went I went to a lot of the way meetings with him and all the whole meetings. My dad took me to the whole meetings. Um so yes, yeah, so I was still around, but I couldn't I couldn't carry on racing.
0: Yeah, and I mean it's just unfortunate because obviously that was the time obviously when the cup final was on.
1: I think it was against Peterborough, I
0: remember right? from off the top of my head, it was the first yeah, cup final. I think it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, again, it must have been uh, a buzzing atmosphere. I mean, I mean, was there many coach of fans going to the way meetings with you guys?
1: Yeah, there was always... Um, they used to have one that was called the, the Cats Choir, <laughs> called and crew. Yeah. Very, they were always all knew where they were. All just in the, <laughs> the crew, um the crew and everything, and uh, shouting and singing with That's they called the Cats Choir. They couldn't sing, but they, they all knew they were there.
0: yeah. I mean, that's good to hear, but then obviously, then 73, then you went on to, to defend, defend the league title and things like that. How did that sort of season progress for yourself?
1: What, the, the following year, 73?
0: Yeah, 73, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, it, it changed because obviously Murray had uh, died. Because um, they were part of Allied presentations back in then, them days, um, mm. which typically Kingsley and Len Silver um, and Reg Fierman, I think it was as well. A couple of others, I'm not sure. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I was still there in 73, but it changed. Crumpy had gone. Yeah. And I think Dye had retired from what I can remember. I'm not sure. And the other, I think Keith White came in. The Fjord's Rally came in. And Jeff Ambrose came, I think. Mm. But Jeff Ambrose was back. Um, Jackal was still there. He was obviously number one back in them days. Um, so, but it changed. It was, yeah, we defended our title, but we knew the team was nowhere near as strong as it had been the year before yeah Uh, it's just like 72 was one of those years where everything just gelled and which you need for winning championships everything gelled riders got on and things just falling out in place Um, so I think we were quite close with Boston in 72 and won the league Mm. Um, I think touch and go whether we won it or they won it they lost their meeting they should have won yeah winning and the knockout cup as well so it it was good well, 73, yeah, it was a bit different. Um, I was doing a few metres at Hackney as well, I think, because Len Silver came in at that time.
2: Mm.
1: Um, so I doing a couple of metres at Hackney. Um, but yeah, 73 was, was, yeah, it was okay, but um, it, we never were going to stand a chance to win the league like we have done oh. the year before. Yeah, because really?
0: obviously, if you, when it would not once losing someone like Crumpy and not really being able to sort of replace him, I can imagine it was like an 11 point ride or probably something oh. like that, you know, easily and things like that.
1: Yeah, he was top of the league in the average in 11.5 or something like that. He mm. hardly dropped a point. He knew if he had still with Crumpy, he was going to nearly always beat their number one, mm. which, which puts a boost on you. Um, so you tend to get hit advantage in the first race. So that that picks everyone up. So, um, yeah, so once he'd gone, trying to replace 11-point man it's been very difficult you, you, you're losing 2-3 points straight away aren't you? Yeah exactly Sam who had come back out of retirement so he was only like 7-point man so mm. it, it was always going to be difficult Yeah, so I was on the back foot
0: mm. Obviously then like you said you managed to get a few spins out the Hackney I think also you had one meeting with Reading as well in, in, the, Brit- in the British League and things like that
1: Yeah I did I, I saw that in uh, looking at some of uh, uh, history and I, to be honest don't really remember riding in a meeting for because it said red I thought don't, don't remember doing a lot of meeting for Reddit. Uh, but obviously it's, it's there in black and white, so I must have done.
0: Yeah, it must have done, yeah. I think I think the I think the average was was a zero. I don't think you scored any points, but you know, that's probably why you don't really remember it.
1: <laughs> that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, but obviously they say that at that time you, you started to sort of like double up a little bit with sort of like Hackney and things like that. So how did that sort of move come about then? Was it because of the Len Silver going in that he was looking for riders basically to come in?
1: Yeah, yeah, that was it. It came through because it um, was to do with with Morrie was part of um, Allied Presentations. There um, mm-hmm. a group of five of them, had a few tracks between them. Um, and he came up running Hackney after um, because uh, Alan Littlechild was running King's Lynn, so he couldn't come up. So... So Len came up doing doing that. Um, so yeah, so he said, Do you want a couple of second halves at, at, at Hackney? Mm. Well, you're looking to race anytime you can, so I said, Yeah, 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 because um I wasn't getting offers from other places, so I ended up going down hackney doing some second half down there. Mm. Um so yes, that's how I ended up going there. Um, and I quite like the track actually, it was it was suited my style because it is quite a Long straights, but a bit tighter corners. But you could ride it mid-track to, to outside. I always had a bit of deuce on it, so yeah, and to suit suit my. Although it was a bit of a bit of a way to travel, um, I would have preferred a track, a northern track, really. But <laughs> when when, so when you're that age and you're looking for racing, you want to you'll race anywhere. Yeah, nothing you would. There. you'll just go and race anywhere.
0: Yeah, load, load, load the bike on the back of a trailer, or back of a car as it would have been sort of in back there and then just travel down to, down to London and ride down there.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah because say, back in those days, I mean, the traffic was nothing like it is now. No. I mean, I, when I used to go to Hackney, when I was there full time, I'd leave my house at about half past three mm. and be there at six o'clock. You couldn't do it now, got no chance. Oh, to no. The, he, even about 10 years later, talking to the Collins, he says, oh, you have to leave at 12 o'clock to get to Hackney. Because that's just the way... When well, they come back at night, mm-hmm.
2: they're
1: running me on the motorway. You can come back <laughs> at, the, at night now on the motorway, especially on the M6, Birmingham, around Birmingham and that area. I'll mm. three in the morning. It's, it's horrendous for traffic, isn't it? <laughs>
0: yeah, it is. It is, <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> I spent cool. enough time, enough time on the motorways, and especially around my way riding. When I did the, it's the M25 for me, oh. you know, and things like that. If I go via sort of lakeside, I got caught on the top of the tolls there. If I went to via Heathrow, I got caught by the Heathrow trample, it's like, I was screwed either way.
1: <laughs> but so back in those days, I mean, I was coming back up. I scene, it was only me on the motorway. Mm. Just, just way it, way it was back in there. So going the Hatton it wasn't too bad. It was say three hours. Mm. I think depending um bits of traffic that are about it. It was, worse. it was worse when it got to the Watford Gap at the end of the um, because it used to be North Circle Road back in them but It finished ar- around the end there of just mm. past Watford Gap, wasn't it? Just when North Circle started, yeah. They're so going to North Circle I and mean, it took a bit longer, mm. but um, yeah, it was it, it was it was good.
0: So, do you remember much of like your sort of like first, second half down there? Then was it a bit of an eye to be riding in London and you know riding at this this new brand new track to yourself?
1: Yeah, it was. It was. I'd say, and and the, obviously, British League in them days, wasn't it? Um, yeah. So you, top riders like Ben Jansen those sort of heroes to look up to, yeah. and then you, you're racing against these people. Well, not in the I second the second half, but then. Um, it was good. It the track suited me because you could ride it high on the fence. Um had a couple of good meetings there. So it kept inviting me back. Um so yes, yeah, so it, it yeah, it was good. I did a couple of meetings for them. A couple of standing mm. meetings, so it was it was good. I enjoyed it. And the riders were great down there. Mm. Um, did, did
0: it benefit you with riding the crew as well at the same time then?
1: Yeah, don't, don't, it's like anything. The more you practice, the better you get, or something, isn't it? Yeah, um, so sure. they want to race as much as you can. Um, still doing a bit of grass tracking, um, yeah, and and doing doubling up, mm. it was good because you get the experience of racing against the the top lads, and then yeah. going back, so it makes it a little bit easier. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's good. So, the more practice you get, anything you, you just improved, don't you?
0: Yeah, oh yeah, 100%. 100% uh,
1: yeah,
0: we good. I enjoyed it. I mean, also, around about that sort of time, also, you had Barry Thomas riding uh, at Hackney and, and things like that. So I can imagine, you know, it was like, was, was he sort of doing second hours with you, or was he riding in the team sort of no. by then?
1: Well, was, he's a little bit older than me, Thomas. So he was already in the team back then because he was at Hackney from like day one. It yeah. was from his career. He was always going to be associated with Hackney. I think he only rode at Hackney. That's the place he rode in, apart from certain division when he was first starting. Um, But I think Hackney was the only club he rode for. Yes, he was in the team then, back then, yeah. Mm. I say Ben Janssen um, and Daglovas. He was down there then. So, yeah, so it was good.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, again, you know, all, all good riders at that sort of time. Like I said, British League is the next level up for you at that at that sort of time and everything. Do you think that that was you, you were sort of like ready then at that sort of time to sort of take, take the jump up?
1: Yeah, 73, yeah, 74, 73, 74, I Was I was getting ready. I wanted to, I could have stayed in the second division, I suppose, but um, and crew, if crew stayed and gone up. Yeah. The British League, I, probably, I would have said the crew, but obviously things were changing. Um, it looked like it was going to close. And then went mm-hmm. me down at, at Hackney. Mm-hmm. So, 74, I ended up going to to Hackney, um, sort of full-time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, i say it was good. I enjoyed it. But, um, yeah, 74 when I first went there. I think I did a couple of meetings, because I remember... The first maximum I got and I beat um Ollie Olsen twice oh, from nice. the back. <laughs> so it was uh, it, it was good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean taking the scalps of Ollie or Ivan or even Mitchneck maybe that sort of time would have been like a huge I don't know it's yourself, sort of like head down and away you went sort of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, just 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 go for it because Ollie was world champion thing at that time, between mm. seventy four, seventy five was world champion then. So um yeah, to, to, to beat him twice was was, was good.
0: Yeah, and obviously, like I say, a huge confidence boost then and things like that. And obviously then things would sn- also snowball from there. It was was that sort of around the sort of time in the, the uh, England management that was sort of like looking at yourself and probably a few other yeah. kids coming through the, through the squad?
1: Yeah, it'd be seventy four, seventy five. I think they had a tour of, of Sweden. Mm. Um, I think Lem was team manager at that time. So when I got picked for that, I went to Sweden for three or four meetings. Mm. Um, that'd be seventy four, seventy five ish yeah, uh, which is again a good experience to to be racing in those sort of meetings.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, so enjoy. Yeah, and also then I don't think it wasn't too far because didn't you do a, a tour or two of Australia as well and things like that? Well,
1: was, yeah, seventy four. Um, seventy four, I did the um, went to New Zealand, mm. and that was that was that was arranged through through Lenny, see, and and Jack Millen.
2: Mm. Uh,
1: seventy four. I was still at work at the time, mm. just come out of my apprenticeship, and then and <clears throat> said to me, do you want to go to New Zealand for the for the winter, which would be like November mm. to March, or April, uh, February or March, um, I said, yeah, so I went into work, and after them I said, um, I want to go away for four months, can I have four months sort of off work, if I can imagine what they said. But it took me in because I just served my time then, so I was on the books as a, as a full time fitter. Mm. Um, so it took me off. the office and said, Well, <clears throat> you can't really, so you're gonna have to choose a career, <laughs> okay? I, working at Shell Chemicals for the next 25 years or racing speedway. <clears throat>
0: tough <clears throat> decision, tough decision.
1: <laughs> so I said, Right, I'm leaving. They were sort of shocked. Because working at Shell Chemicals back in them days was was a top, well paid job, mm. but you, you think to yourself, I'm a young, I young guy here, got a chance to go to New Zealand for four months racing speedway. What am I going to choose? If I don't <laughs> make it as a, a, a rider, I can always come back. I can serve me time. I can come back and get a job because jobs were good in those days. Could get jobs anywhere. Mm. I can come back and get, get, a, get a job, and with PC racing full time, thought. So, is doing it so if i turn it down now and just stay, and don't go to new zealand i could end up regretting it for the rest of my life so mm. i thought well, i'm gonna go so i said well i'm leaving they were shocked but then <clears throat> that winter um and luckily because Leonard fixed me up with the promoter auckland through yeah. jack millen and that and at the time my dad worked for british airways so I sent my bikes all the way on the, the ferry, on the sea. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad worked for British Airways at the time. So I ended up getting a flight to New Zealand return for £10. <laughs> because because he, he got staff discount.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I ended up getting uh, for uh, £10. It was uh, quite good, quite good.
0: Good I mean, flying to there for 10 pounds, and obviously, it's different money compared to what it is now, but it, you know, it's still, it well, still that, sounds-
1: that now for 50 quid, something like that. Back yeah. in the day, so, and, that, and that was return. but I came back because um, you're on what they call standby, mm. so the flight's full, you don't get on it.
2: Mm.
1: And then um, when I was coming back from got to I think it was Sydney, and I had to get off the plane then because it was full. The next flight that was available was a VC-10 direct to London. Um, but that was there was four seats on it. I think there was about ten of us in this room who've got these standby tickets. And it goes on on the senior, seniority of the person that's with for British Airways. Mm. And that was an engineer. There's two pilots who've got two seats. Someone else got a seat, and then the left. And there was some uh, hostesses there and other people. And they looked at all the things, and, and my dad was an engineer, so he had priority all the hostesses. They couldn't believe it. I'll <laughs> speak on it. We're hostesses, but his father is an engineer, and he's above what you are. He's only just one bit older pilot. So I got on the flight all the, in first class. Oh, very nice. All the way back to London on the vc 10 <laughs> So he had three drinks, the menu, first class, at was all left first class, so it's great. All that for, for ten pound plus the, the the time in New Zealand. Yeah, it I don't was great. Know. yeah. Well,
0: but it was great. In the living living the high life, you know. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, so yeah. had a great time in New Zealand. Won the New Zealand Championship. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was it was good good times then. Mm. But, uh, yeah, that'd be 74, 75 season. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So what what's your memories of doing that seventy five? Obviously, New Zealand Championship. Was you riding against sort of like um, Ivan and people like that then?
1: No no, it was it was I was based at Auckland um, um I rode there I stayed with because that's what Jack Millen fixed. So I stayed with uh, Jim Wells' his mum and dad
0: oh yeah,
1: paid them bus- stayed there, which was just down road from the Auckland track at western springs uh, so I rode at western springs every week um, and then i yeah I rode western springs every week and then Colin Tucker was doing my my bikes for me. I uh, was tuning my engines and everything. And then I answered for the New Zealand Championship. Live and happened? That weren't there at the time. They were away. Um, so John Davis was in it, and all the lads that were from England were in it. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was good. I enjoyed it. We did a mini tour in New Zealand as well of the English lads who were around that time. John Davis and think Mike Hiftel and uh, Craig Pendlebury.
2: Mm.
1: Um, I think Colin Tucker came on the tour as well. He's even English. <laughs> <laughs> He's on the British team. So, we did a few meetings. And I went down to uh, Christchurch mm. and raced down there and a couple of other tracks. Uh, so, yeah, it was good. Good. Yeah. Enjoyed it. A good experience to be away from home, look after yourself as such. Although, mm. say, Colin did all my bikes from everything. Took me to Palmerston North, where the um, New Zealand Championship was being held, at. did yeah. all my bikes for that. They said, "When we get," I said, "You better win this because I'm coming all this way, and you don't win it." <laughs> I luck happened new I did win it at the end of the day. <clears throat> so yes, it was a good experience to come back to seventy-five hours. I, I was at Hackney mm. full time. So, yeah, it was good, good time. Great experience to be away from performance like that. Yeah, so I things there. Mm. Yeah, and obviously, yeah. Um,
0: some great times and everything like that out there. Really,
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it was good. Same, I had a lot of friends out there, um, and people want to show you around because they they love the English people. Don't they they want to show you <laughs> around and do things and take you everywhere.
0: But, yeah. yeah, it was great. Loved it. Yeah, love loving every single second of it. You know,
1: Oh like yeah, I'm only about twenty years old, so. And then, safe state, where I'd have been at work working at Shell. So that was never going to happen. No, no. So that's it. So I've been the bridges there in regards sort of speedway at that time. For 74 on was, was my uh, full time job. So that was it. I don't know. that was it. I've mm. been the bridges in regards working at Shell Chemicals. So that was it. I came back 75 as a full time speed rider. Yeah. So. It, and
0: obviously, then it, it, everything sort of rolled from there. I've, I've got a bit of, um, Hackney footage, which I, I I ended up sort of sorting myself out with. Um, uh, I think it was last night and everything. And uh, oh. I, I'm, I think it's you in this one. I'm I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, it's against Oxford. It's against Oxford. Um, uh, back in that, I think it's I think it's around about seventy four, seventy five sort of time. But um, I think that's you. It's I think that's you in, in, in red and uh, run right against. I think uh, Gordon's in this one. Yes, that is. Yeah. Yeah. Go around the outside. Yeah. I, thought, I thought I thought I'd share this with you, just sort of like you know, relive a little yeah, bit yeah, of it. That one uh, off Tony Matt, has he done,
1: done. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. This is
0: like, it. <clears throat> yeah. But, and I mean, it's this things like for myself, it's like watching these old ones. It's great to watch, it, and obviously, like you see, like how big the crowds run against, and and all that sort of thing. You know, it it must have been obviously a, a great time.
1: Oh, yeah, it was great because I say a big crowd back in old days. you'd get seven eight thousand a lot of the meetings mm-hmm. um yeah, so yes yeah it was, it was really good um and the say the hackney fans were great, loved it um yeah, see me around the bottom of the fence back in them days, <laughs> right on the outside, because the tracks were quite grippy in them them days, so.
0: Yeah, that's it. Um, this, this is another another race with pictures of the other guys, but yeah, and I mean, you know, so we're just watching it. You know, it must bring back a few nice little little memories, and obviously there there's, there goes Tomo around the outside of the, someone you know, things like that. Yeah,
1: of me and Tomo around the bottom of the boards. Yeah, yeah, but it, it was great times. Yeah, so you can tell Tomo was time all over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. But, quite uh, tall.
1: Tomo. Yeah, he has those. You can know, tell the tall riders they have, they have that sort of leg hanging out. Mike Brobanks was the same. Yeah. My, he was at Hackney when I was, I was at Hackney, Mike Brobanks.
0: Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, I just thought I'd share that because I, I found it the other night. I thought, oh, I should try and share this with him. You know, he might, uh, might, might enjoy watching a little bit of it back, you
1: know, and things like that. Do you want see a lot of the old spirit? I mean, it's all sort of history to you. I mean, how big it was back in, in the 70s. The, the english riders especially and, and if you wanted to be a top speeder rider you had to come to the uk mm. you, that was a place to learn your trade all the top riders came to to england and say the england teams you could have put three or four teams together to, and could have won so there's that, that much talent about back in those days yeah. which is uh makes it a bit harder
0: you had to sort of like fight your way in to, get to get into these teams and things like that rather well, yeah, than
1: because so you look, look at the England team back in those days you, the rise you've got you've got PC really Simo mm. um, all those sort of people um, Martin Ashby, Ray Wilson mm. uh, John Lewis those sort of people you, so you're racing against those all the time just to get an England team
2: mm.
1: then you've got all the other riders like that, so Ivan Ollie those sort of people there's a
0: lot, lot of talented riders back in those days. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, like you say, it's only history for me, but it's, it's an era that I'm quite fascinated in because, um, you know, obviously, like I say, the crowd, the amount of tracks you used to have, you know, and things like that. You know, even, first division, second division, you know, you had, well, I don't know how many off the top of my head, but about 40, 45 tracks up and down the country during that sort of period, you know, and things like that. And you think, well, you know, where did it really go wrong? Because, you know, you, you only you can only dream of that now.
1: Oh, I know. I know. I mean, you, you think back when, when we were racing and they said a like, good crowd, you get six, seven, eight at most meetings, um, 19 teams in the British League back in them days, mm. and about 22, I think, in, in the second division. So, and those lads that were doing doubling up from second division, you could do some riding back in those days. You know, kind of Earn yeah. yeah, there was some good money. But yeah, there was, and big, like I say, big crowds. Mm. But for Speedway, because I mean, I mean, not, you're not comparing like to the 1930s when it's 30 40,000, but um average case was seven eight thousand which which was good back in those days um mm. so yes it was, it was really good i think it yeah, just lucky that um i was around in that that area the way it, it just fell which has a case racing because a lot too many damn good riders back in those days but great to be in that area because you could be racing every day two four times a week mm. so yeah so it, it was good
0: yeah yeah because obviously all, all the guys sort of say oh we're busy nowadays but I, I still think back to i like hear a conversation with ollie olson for example and he used to say i used to ride the equivalent of what these boys ride nowadays but i used to do it all year round so things yeah. like you, when you when you say you ride in new zealand maybe you went to new zealand then did australia then came home sort of thing so yeah, by that time it had to be done like 20 meetings before the scene started so well yeah
1: because you went, went to new zealand in 74 75 <clears throat> um, which is a winter so you go end of October. Probably middle of November, actually, because the season tends to finish October. So it'll mm-hmm. be November, and you come back mid February because you started again in March. So, yeah, you'd be back for two, three weeks, you're racing again. Mm-hmm. you finish the English season, two, three weeks, and you're off to New Zealand or Australia and racing again. So, yeah, so it was, and you do two, two three meetings a week in England mm-hmm. with open meetings, guest bookings, those sort of things. And just from your, your league matches, you'd be. At least one meeting a week and they mm. would have other individual meetings. So you have two, three meetings, and then you're doing grass tracking or going abroad or whatever. So yeah, so I mean yeah, we were doing some racing back in them days. Yeah, I can it imagine earning some good money as well, but as well back in those was, days. Forty five, fifty quid. Well, back in the seventies that was quite a bit of money. Mm. And that be for one meeting, maybe. So you'd have three of them, it's about 150 200 pounds a week which looking back in 1974, five, six, you compare it to, to today's wages. It's... So when I was at Shell, I was an apprentice. I was earning £16 a week in mm. seventy three, two, three, And that was, they were good wages for an apprentice. Most labs were on about like £8 a week. Mm. I think the main people in the workshop were on £32, £33 a week. So looking, quite a lot of money. We I mean, look at it and I think that's not much, but you got to compare. Back yeah. <laughs> like it was like it was back in the day. You could buy a house for about
0: eight
1: thousand pounds. <laughs> <So, laughs> it's scary
0: to think how well, obviously, obviously, they like, say, times have changed and things like that. But you know, when, when people say that to me, it's like yeah. that's a huge surprise, you know, and things like that.
1: I think my first house that I bought was eight and a half thousand pounds. I mean, that's but I mean, house prices have gone sort of through the roof, not gone with inflation, have gone through the roof mm. compared to what they were, that doesn't compare as regards what prices are now is equal to wages now, it's not because they weren't as expensive back then as they are now, just gone gone mad on it, so.
0: Exactly, but still earning that sort of money, you know, for just doing four or five minutes work, really, you know, think about it, you know, it's not bad, is it?
1: <laughs> no, it's bloody hard work. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> Especially when you break something that you can't earn for a few weeks, but um, yeah, it, it, it's good. And and so it's actually full time job. So you think, well, I'm getting paid for something I would do for nothing. Yeah. You talk to most riders, they would race for nothing just to race. It's not mm-hmm. about earning a living. Yeah, he's earning a living. You got to earn a living, obviously. But it's it's not. It, it's the racing. You, you'll you'll race for nothing. Yeah. No, you, know you nothing You'll race for nothing, won't you? Just to race yeah see, it's an adrenaline buzz you get because I know you come back from meetings you finish the meeting about half, ten, eleven o'clock by the time you sorted out and, and met support and had a bit of a drink or whatever we're driving back you're on the buzz you mm-hmm. could drive for, for hours and hours because you're on that high but the adrenaline doesn't doesn't you don't come down from the adrenaline for hours after no and I say if we are driving back from London it'd be I'm still a bit wide awake <laughs> do the whole journey yeah. you know in one go <laughs> But of most time I went on my own. Mm. So yes, yeah, so I'd go down there, race, do the meeting, come back and drive all the way back on my own. Yeah.
2: Mm.
1: Then you get in about half five, six o'clock and then you crash out till dinner time. Yeah. Get off and do bikes.
0: <laughs> 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 yeah. But as long as you weren't riding sort of like the next day, you you were sort of okay. You know, that's the thing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> sometimes you were riding the next day. Mm. But if if I was down you so if i was at, at uh, say wimbledon on a, on a thursday then mm. i would stay down and race the hackney on the friday and if you're doing some of the southern tracks you tend to stay down so i used to stay with barry thomas quite a bit mm. his wife barbara used to stay there for quite a bit I'd do my bikes in the uh, workshop at Hackney with uh with Bert. Who used to be in there so I'd do my bikes there and then or well, sometimes I'd stay at len silvers and then um go to the meetings from there say save on the travel because you were that busy back in those days, you'd be, <coughs> say, you could race all weekend doing a sudden tour. Because so, Windows a Thursday, Hackney's a Friday, and then have the other ones on a Saturday. So, mm. could do it Thursday, Friday, Saturday.
0: Yeah, and then maybe have a grass track on the Sunday somewhere down south, maybe to link it all in.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> The next time I go from Hackney and catch the ferry over to France, doing a grass track in France, mm. so you catch the ferry through the Blackwall Tunnel down that way. Um, and catch the ferry at Dover, over to France, then drive to to South of France. So, yeah, so yeah, it was, it
0: was good. Yeah, of racing. good. Yeah, yeah, plenty of racing, one hundred percent, plenty of racing. But uh, obviously, you had a, had a nice long stint at, uh, at Hackney. You know, unfortunately, in seventy seven, you broke your leg, which kind of could tell that year, and that was sort of like unfortunately the end of your time at Hackney. Yeah. It
1: was, yeah. I mean, that 10 average uh, um, number and then 7th um and bend mm. and um, it hit the fence behind the fence was um, a c- concrete block from the uh, from the dock track and mm. hit the, the concrete block when I tried to stand up couldn't stand up, I fell down again. Oh dear. So I'd um broke my leg. And then um that was the end of that season. Mm. Cause I remember I was he took me to the Hackney Hospital, which wasn't the best of hospitals, it was a bit, bit horrible. <laughs> I was in there and um Len Silver came the next day and I said to him, he says, get me out of here. I said, this is not a good hospital. He didn't wasn't very really good hospital. Um he said, right, I'll bring Carlo be you mm. So um he ran says, right, we're, we're getting out of here going up there today. Mm. So Colin Pratt uh, got me out of there. I got still got my leg in, wasn't in plastic, it was just strapped up. Um so I'm in the back of Colin's car, stretched across the back seat, uh, my leg up, had some uh distal painkillers, mm. which you can't get them anymore, I don't think. Um, and one of those um bottles that you have in the hospital for, for weaning because mm. I couldn't get out of the car or anything but all the way from Hackney all the way up to Edinburgh to Gala Shields to, to Carlo's uh, hospital at Gala to um, have my leg done I had, it, I had it plated so I drove all the way from London to Hackney without <laughs> stopping stop for a, a wee or anything I had to <laughs> wean in this bottle on the way up there <coughs> on land across the back seat mm. horrendous journey but that was Colin Pratt, so that was that was good. Yeah, I can, imagine,
0: I can imagine Colin got there pretty quickly, though.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He didn't hang about, did he? <laughs> um, but yes, that was the end of the 77 season, so I was laid up for the season. I took it a bit plated. Because mm. um, it was quite a bad break because the ball had, had snapped and gone into the muscle. He got stuck oh, okay. in the muscle. And he, he tried to put weights on it to pull it out. Mm. But um, it didn't work. He said we're gonna have to plate it. So I had to plate it and that that was that was it, that was the end of the season, because it'd be FEMA, so it's quite a big bone. Yeah. And it's never gonna heal in six weeks. So mm. that was that was the end of seventy seven season. Mm. Yeah, and then so it was, after that, that <clears throat> yeah, I did I didn't I didn't want to go back to Hackney. Mm. Um I said I had a crash there, um it wasn't wasn't great. So nothing to do it, it was just a track. It it really didn't. Uh, it was quite a dangerous track. It was. It was long straight, tight corners, mm-hmm. um, uh, mesh fence. So it, it wasn't. wasn't the greatest. Track. I wanted a, a track near home because I was traveling every week by then down to London. For about three or four years. So I wanted to move somewhere near home. But I was number one at Hackney, wasn't I? Yeah. So what does Len want? Like? wants a and a half point man in replacement. Well, who's going to going to leave? Because I wanted to go to somewhere like Halifax, Sheffield, mm-hmm. anywhere up this end of the country. Really. Sheffield would have been my first choice. Um, but there's no way Doug Whyer was wasn't going to come down to Sheffield because they wanted to swap. Mm-hmm. So, otherwise, I was I was going to be at Hackney for another year because they had control of your contracts back in those days. Yeah, bit different than it is now. That you can't all track like that um so the only person that was looking for a move was finn thompson from wolverhampton well it wasn't my first choice to track, Wolverhampton, but uh dave parry was doing the track and mm. um he did quite a good track yeah he had, used to put quite a bit of dirt on it so ended up it was either that or stay at hackney so i so thought it was less traveling to wolverhampton so in the 78 season i ended up coming to doing the swap with thompson and he went down to hackney and I came up to uh, Wolverhampton,
2: mm.
1: which um, I say, I mean, it, I enjoyed the first season there because Dave was doing the track with Team and it was quite good. Um, so I quite enjoyed it. i not as far to travel. And it's getting over the the injury because I've been training all the winter to get myself back up to some sort of fitness. But having I mean, missed a year, it's always difficult coming back because you, you miss out on things, don't you? development and yeah. things and you have to catch up with everything. Mm. So, um, yeah, so it was, uh, that was it, 78, I was at, I was at Wolverhampton. Mm.
0: Yeah, and obviously then, obviously yeah. there was a, a there was an, a nice switch for yourself, both personally and probably racing-wise, just change of venue, change of surroundings, you know, and things like that. So, you must have had a good sort of steady season coming back from your injury.
1: Yeah, I think it was, it was great. I think I got an eight point something average back at, um, at Wolverhampton. I think mm. Hans, Ended up at number one. I think I was number two. Um, again, was a good, good team. Uh, Jimmy Mac Alassane uh, was coming in. Before he starting to come in. I um, enjoyed it. I was team manager. Then, I think he fell out with them. Uh, Wolverhampton mm. And then going through him was quite good. Saying so he was doing a few um long track meetings as well because steve harley at that time had broken his leg and um, so doing some long track meetings uh, through pc because he was doing them with steve but then steve couldn't do them so i ended up doing some long track meetings in germany which was quite good mm. so i enjoyed doing that
0: yeah i can imagine it was a, a good experience again riding just with like let say pc and places, people like that you know and just Going for it, you know, a big track after Ryan a small track for so long on the speedway.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the long tracks, yeah. They're really, really good. Um, mm. <clears throat> quite enjoy. I think the first one I went to was, um, Altrip, which had a, um, first one I, first track I'd done. Mm. I had a bike, um, a bike that was done by Keith Stevenson, who was in Sheffield with my engines. Um, and he got that mm. was top guy then. And I went to, um, I'll trip, and I won the meeting, so it was it was quite good. We've got me first long track meeting, I won the meeting, and they would never sort of seen me before there, so it was quite good. But one of the corners was was a bit tighter than the other one. It was like more like a speedway on so it tended to suit me a little bit. But yeah, it was good. It's a lot very fast on the long tracks. It going really really quick. But yeah, good enjoyed it. Mm.
0: Got, um, did you get far at all like trying to qualify for like a world well, long track final or anything like that? Did you manage to come close to anything like that?
1: Well, that, was, that was a year because you had to be nominated back in those days oh, by the you? Um, okay. FIM. and like, Yeah, it was, it was, and that's when I ended up doing the um, European grass track instead because I couldn't do the um, long track and get nominated mm. for it. So I didn't end up doing a long track um, World Championship. So I ended up doing the European grass track one. Mm. Okay. But, um. Yeah, I think that was in 78, I think it was when we did our first trip to um the Middle East. Oh yeah. With um Reg Fame and Terry Chandler organized it from Poole. Mm. Well that was an experience doing going there. And again that was in the winter mm. after season had finished. And it was only for three weeks. But um that because the first time I went was just to Cairo.
2: Mm.
1: Um did three meetings in Cairo, I think. Um, and that was uh, certainly different.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine it was a completely different way of life and everything, and uh, and, and a complete eye opener.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So we did that, the the meeting we did in Cairo, the first meeting we did. Um, about thirty thousand people there. Mm. The stadium was full, mainly men, not mm. many women, mainly men. But <laughs> we didn't realise. They'd never seen speedway before really it was an mm-hmm. old running track we were racing on and then um, they started throwing things onto the track <laughs> Throwing things, and we thought they were sort of not happy with us or everything that was their way of showing how fantastic it was watching that <laughs> the next day the whole place on the inside was ringed with riot police with jails, <laughs> batons and everything They'd been warned not to go on the track, and they didn't I much but They mm. did as they told, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, so that was a really oh, – it's been seen on them people, like 30,000 people, uh, mm. big crowds, and uh, just running on the track and throwing on the track. Oh, my God, what are they doing? <laughs> uh, a bit frank. And then the buddy said the next day right, watching the stadium the next day, and said, oh, Right, police everywhere, <laughs> like, just to stop them running on the track. Mm. Just because sort of people are very enthusiastic sort of people, and that's what that was their way of showing how happy they were with the with the racing, throwing things on the track, and running onto the track after the meeting. So,
2: yeah. so that was
1: that was the first year, <clears throat> and the second year we went, we did um, Kuwait as well,
2: mm.
1: and then Kuwait, Abu Dhabi, and Cairo again. Um, Kuwait was was. Just totally different. So, such a rich country. We'd be driving down the, um, on the minibus that we took to the track. We'd be going, and there'd be, it's like all desert there mainly. You'd mm-hmm. see a Rolls Royce with a bonnet up, dumped at the side of the road,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and a Porsche, and a Merck, and a Ferrari. Yeah. They just got that much money. And <clears throat> we asked them, well, why are these cars just sort of dumped here? So, well, they've had an accident or something they've just been left um because apparently if you're a foreigner and you have an accident in in way you're not possible for that accident even if it's not your fault <laughs> you're, you're a native of that country so some of these cars were just just dumped it was it was hard to see you know brand new Rolls Royce dumped at the side of the road i couldn't <laughs> believe it but such a, a rich country mm-hmm. of course and then a couple of years later Changed in it when it got invaded by um, Iraq, it just changed the country. So, it, the next experience going to those places, in Cairo, it's something that will probably never happen again in going to those places because it was a one off and the political agenda of those places has just changed, and it? it's just different now. So, it will never happen again. So, we're lucky that we've been to um and done that, been and seen it and done it, it was great. Yeah,
0: because I think also yeah, the, 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 there was um, some footage from QA, I think it is. I've got, I've got it on DVD somewhere um, that Dave Lanning did. Um, I think it was for, well, I don't know, maybe like ITV World Sports or something like that. Like a, like a little report of it. And um, yeah, it just looked like a very flat, sort of slick sort of track, you know, because obviously with it being so hot there, you know, I can imagine it was just like a, a, a fun, sort of big track to ride.
1: Yeah, they were, they were like, um, they were old, um, like running tracks, athletics tracks, so they're quite yeah. big, especially in Cairo. Um, um, same in Kuwait, but the one we did in in Abu Dhabi was was tarmac. Oh, okay. Which, Speedway bikes don't go very well on tarmac at all. We couldn't we couldn't turn them. Mm. We couldn't we couldn't turn the bikes, and we said to um, to Reg and Terry Chandler, "We said we can't race on this. We need to put something on to make it slippy. So they put put sand down.
2: Mm. Which
1: was all right for the first. When we're practicing the first couple of laps, yeah, okay. But once the sand goes, it just put grip. You know what spirit back is like it's just that powerful, it grips, it it's going, it's gone. (laughs) Exactly. Pulls your arms off. So we said I put more sand down. And we did did the meeting, and it was getting worse and worse. And this was game twelve, I think it was the last meeting we did. And this was gonna decide who won the, the the Middle East Championship. It was a bit awkward thing I think. Ah, Chris was leading it
2: mm.
1: I think I was sitting on third so we had to make sure we made it look like we we're racing but we weren't racing because it's too dangerous. Mm. But people kept falling off. <sighs> because it was so they, they were slippy. And then I think I ah, Chris fell off. Mm. So that made it awkward because he, he'd come last in that race, no points made it up. So someone else had to lose the race so it made so it still stayed as it was. Mm. And one of the servers we ended up what we called Abu Dhabi Finger. Because as you fall off, you'd look on the side, catch the floods and escape all the skin off it. So about three or four, I think Joe had it. I I Chris, maybe PC, a few of that. Abu Dhabi Finger, we called it. Because you just couldn't race on this time. You just couldn't, you know, can't race some time having a speedway bike, no chance.
0: I mean, also with uh, the tyres and everything back then, you know, it was, you know, you know, you say you you just got the front of and you just
1: go grip. It 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 was an experience. Say
0: Oh, hang on a minute, Dave. I'm Let me just stop this for a second. I think. So we're on again. Right. We're good to go now. Good to go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was, that was how it happened in in the Middle East. Great um, tour, i say, and and never to be done again. So just lucky that um, we ended up doing that it was good all english lads as well so it was we're all friends so mm. it was good tour um yeah, so i enjoyed that
0: <clears throat> yeah because that sounds really good because again like you said it's, it's something that's never going to probably happen again you know especially with the with the safety concerns nowadays and, and, and all that sort of thing even prior to code and all that sort of thing so it's uh yeah a great
1: experience yeah. so it was a great experience to, to experience those sort of things and stay touring Middle East, uh, Middle East and then um, Australia, New Zealand, because those things are not going to come around again, I thought, really, because it's been um, even dying in, in Australia. There's not the tracks. I think Western Springs is closed down. Mm. so the, the tracks aren't there anymore to to do those sort of things. So that's why I think quite a lucky to race in that era where there's so many tracks and it was very popular I mean mm-hmm. it was on World of Sport on a Saturday afternoon wasn't it back in I liked the Dave Lanning because I think he came on the first tour to Cairo with us mm-hmm. Dave was on that tour he was actually yeah he was actually he was could remember that um, yeah so it was great experience doing that mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah so that would be 78, 79 when we did that mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and obviously, like you said, you know, it's a, a great experience for that sort of thing. But then, obviously, coming back to England, where it was where it's normal speedway, shall we say? You know, you continuing to Wolverhampton until until um, 1980. You know, yes. and um, it mean must have been, it must have been a good time in your career, also. You know, just enjoying yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah. We said Wolverhampton was good, but I think they were they were closing since was, that they were going to close, I think. And then um, they ended up doing second division thing, didn't they? They didn't actually close down, but they dropped out of the British
2: League
1: Yeah. Uh, so the, by then um, I really wanted a, a track sort of up north like Halifax or um, or Sheffield and then Ray Glover had taken over at Sheffield mm-hmm. in 1980 um, he got in touch with me we met up at a pub and um, did a deal and uh, I ended up at Sheffield which, which suited me it's what I wanted it's track I would have looked to have been at 75, 76 pre injury. Yeah. But, um, obviously, I wasn't, but um, yeah, to go there, it was good. And say, big um, lover, nice guy, Speedway fan mm. uh, and promoter. Um, he owned a, a, a food shop in, in Sheffield. Um, so, yes, so it was It was good going there. Mm. Uh, enjoying St. Sean Moran was there at the time. Mm. But yeah, but I
0: I say, what was it like riding with um, Sean Moran round Sheffield? Because obviously at that time he, he was going pretty quick. I think at that time.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, was. yeah Sean was, was was top dog back in them days. Um, yeah, I think it'd be his third season at Sheffield, second or third. Um, but yeah, he was he was um, he was going good. He's a good guy. Another guy that's great to ride with because um, he's got good track craft, good balance. Um, you can you continue having those sort of people, you know, um, you can get close to them. You know, they're not going to do anything stupid, or mm-hmm. they're quite in control. So yeah, it was it was good, it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, again, team Reg Wilson, Red was great. Phil White. I mean, so it was always saying Sean being there. Was, um, it was good.
2: Mm-hmm. Saying so, I
1: love the track. I love the Sheffield trials. And I I did some. One of the first chats I that when I first got a speedway bike was with Sheffield over on a Sunday in on there. Um, so, yeah, so it was a place I'd always wanted to go to. Mm. And so Doug White left by that. I think he'd gone over to Halifax yeah. at that time. Yeah. As I said, promotion changed, and I don't think Dougie wanted to stay. And then <clears throat> Ray was building a team up, so um, mm. it was ideal just to go there at that time. Mm. I think Carl was team manager as well, Carl Glover.
2: Yeah.
1: Those yeah, you know, and John Jude did the track back in there, back then. Um So it was it was quite a good track. Or mm-hmm. did a smooth track. And there's certain trackmen that were really good because I used to find Pete Jarman down at Pool. all I did a really good nice track. Just yeah. certain men could do. then <laughs> trackmen were good at doing playing tracks. Yeah, and all dead yeah, you- smooth and they'd do it on them.
0: <laughs> yeah, lots of dirt on it, you know, be, be, be well away then sort of thing. But especially around Sheffield, because obviously right. Sheffield be in such a circle, you know, it just builds right. the speed up.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's one of them you just ride it flat out. Mm. You have an eight, eight gearing on or eight, 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 uh, eight, seven, eight, six like that. Mm. And just because it's not, it's not it's funny, Sheffield. It's it's like a D shape. Mm. It's got the, the start and finish straight is, is a straight as such, but when you're going around that that third and fourth. Um, ben, if you come into there, this, after the second bend, the, the straight there, it's like a curb. You, you don't stop turning. Mm. You just get the thing wound up and you're going flat out and you just keep turning and then only straighten up when the start finish straight because it's just like a, a D shape. But really, it's a nice shape, it's a nice track to ride. Yeah. And, but,
0: and yeah, it, and it's like it pr- it proved in your first season was a good team because I've, I've got a stat here that your, fir- your first season at Sheffield you got an 8.02 average so you must have enjoyed your first year there at least
1: <laughs> oh yeah yeah I did, I did. Yeah, yeah it was good um, yeah I enjoyed it um, <clears throat> so I think Sean was number one about 9 out of 10 point heavy, I think mm. but yeah it was a good good team as well so I really enjoyed it mm. um, and you have racing a lot at um, like the Bellevue or Halifax but they were local derbies, weren't they? So yeah. it So, and not as so much travel. going to Sheffield. every day was was ideal. I have to go in Hackney and then Wolverhampton, then <laughs> just an hour over the Pennines is ideal.
0: Yeah, yeah. Not stressing, sort of get to your home meeting sort of thing. You know, it's nice because obviously, like you said, you went, went down as far as Hackney, then you steadily came back up to Wolverhampton, then you're back at Sheffield, and then everything. So Halifax, Belle <laughs> you literally on your doorstep, the is nothing there.
1: Yeah, yeah, just just working my way back from all the way down south, then Will all ramped, and then next thing I'm back up north, and <laughs> let's say local divers, Halifax, yeah, feels great. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so I enjoyed it there. Enjoyed it there. Yeah. Then was a good promoter. He was he was a genuine Speedway fan,
2: mm.
1: which, I mean, a lot of the other promoters were was sort of businessmen. Lem was a businessman. I know he's an ex-Speedway writer, but he's more of a visitor a than people, wasn't it? I mean, mm. you find a lot of the, the, the promoters now, they, they're, they're fans, aren't they? They're putting their own money into it. Yeah. But they gotta do because you can't they they wouldn't survive without the, the likes of the people that are running it now. Because mm. there just isn't the enough people coming through to pay for it, is it?
0: No, no, I mean, obviously when you talk about, you had that, like, Hackney, you had six, 7,000 people every week, and then like, probably at Sheffield, you probably had the similar, maybe a few more came in, things like that, for, like, local derbies. But, you know, you don't, you don't get that sort of nowadays. I think I think a lot of it be with Spear nowadays is they've outpriced themselves on a lot of things. You know, instead of sort of keeping it sort of like a, uh, a low sort of budget turnstile thing where you get more people coming through, you know, it's gone the other way a little bit, unfortunately.
1: It hasn't, I can't believe the sort of money they're paying the riders. I think, mm. well, where's that money coming from? Mm. I mean, back in back in our day, they could pay it because it's coming through turnstiles. So that would pay for your riders and everything. But now I think, how are they paying these riders? The money they're paying them, yeah. where, where's it coming from? Mm. It's always coming out of the pockets of the people that are running the speedway. And it just it prices itself out, doesn't it, at the end of the day. It it's going to end up being more, to me, a, as an amateur sport, because... I don't see how it can sustain itself at the level it's paying people these days to, to keep running. Mm. Because this isn't the crowd, is I mean, what's an average crowd now? 2000? If that, that'd be a good crowd, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah, if, if you're lucky. Yeah.
1: yeah. That's what I mean? So, I mean, back in the days, that'd be a bad crowd for back in the 70s. You said, well, what's happened here?
0: It's quite funny because obviously, as I've being a spirit historian, I look, I'm quite a fascination with London Speedway, um, and I've followed like New Cross and things like that. And uh, it was quite funny because we reread about how they shut down in, mid- in the middle of the '60s. They they shut down to think enough people, and their average crowd was six, 000, seven thousand people. And you think well, Speedway nowadays would love to have six, 000, seven thousand people coming in, you know? But back then <laughs> yeah. they couldn't survive on it. <laughs> well, yeah, that
1: that was it. Because you look at the teams that were in London back in those days. I mean, you just go to Wimbledon. Because obviously when it Hackney you have yeah. all that happens with, with Wimbledon and that and you used to get big crowds there. The whole stadium was full.
2: Mm.
1: I mean it just and then they like I said they ended up closing down didn't they? Yeah. I think it was, a lot of the places were rented weren't they? They were, mm. they were owned by by the dog tracks of them,
0: yeah. weren't they? Yeah. Also, I think also um, a bit like Hyde Road when that got shut down obviously stadium regulations things like that all changed as well which kind of paid to some of the tracks as well,
1: yeah. It did that's that true. We'd like to build it. I think it was after the, the, the Bradford fire, wasn't it? With the wooden, yeah. wooden things where it all went up in, in smoke and everything. Mm. Um, yeah, so yeah, the, those and I say it had been Stuart Banter bought it. Um, crowds were starting to go down then as, as time went on, so it wasn't financially viable, was it? Because it's a big sort of complex that they've got there, so it, it makes sense to. So for building, would not it really? The the yeah, it was always on the cars All sort of places they can't last forever because, mm. say, so you move it time with the regulation. And that, it was just a fire hazard at the end of the day. Mm. Wouldn't be allowed health and safety. So we can't run here because it's all that these days. They can't just can't run these places because regulations. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of them just end up closing down.
0: Mm. But then obviously on the flip side, nowadays Bellevue's got the equivalent of High Road now at the National Spirit Stadium. You know, it's a big bowl of a track you know nice facilities and everything there now so kind of like a few oh, 20 30 years down the line they've got back where they were originally just in the modern era sort of thing
1: yeah that, that was good because that that track i mean such. Sort of i would love to have a, a ride on that track mm. i mean i don't think like, chris has written it actually um because that's when he ended up um designing that track and, and getting the, the way it was mm. i think most people have been on it love it because it's got a nice bank on it
0: oh yeah it has uh, mm.
1: It's so it's one and it? It's just a flat out track, and you're just riding it mm. flat out. Um, yeah. but it does look a good track. Mm. Uh, I say like the old hydro it was always a good race track. There's that many lines around Bellevue, you could just race anywhere. Mm. And that was those are the sort of places you want as a as a home track. <laughs> yeah, you a big home track advantage. Because a lot of them say, oh, don't want to go to Bellevue, it's too fast. And but they're the places you want as a home track, isn't it? Where you got yeah. a big advantage.
0: Yeah, exactly, 100 percent a big home track advantage. I mean, fortunately, I've ridden the New Bellevue when it sort of first opened in the first year. I did the second half up there, and okay. uh, yeah, and it, it, to me, it was good fun. But uh, it, for me, it was quite scary because I came from like I say, the smaller tracks of sort of like Mildenhall and and uh, Eastbourne and and places like that. You know, I love the big tracks, but it was like going to Belview. Think, Jesus Christ, this is fast. You know, you're going quick at sort of like the junior level, but obviously, elitely, you are know, going twice as fast as you. But you know, it's still good fun to ride it because it was literally. I was flat stick the whole way around, you know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it, it, it must be like so I know when you used to come to crew from the likes of Eastbourne and that, you used to hate it because mm-hmm. you so you're not used to because I didn't used to like riding up uh, Eastbourne, mm. it was too small and, and tight for for my liking. I mean, you can get around there, but never happy. You know yeah, I mean? um, like I say, come to a big track from that, you think, Good God, do some speed now. It, it's the speed that, that finds a lot of people, I think. Mm-hmm don't want to be going that god this is fast but coming from those sort of tracks and um, you think oh this is great faster the better and that's what you found with the with guys that coming off long track onto speedway mm. Um, it's probably a lot slower for them going, going from <laughs> back into speedway yeah even on the big tracks it's probably slow to them but um yeah it's, 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 it's i always preferred the bigger tracks i'm saying being up north most of my big tracks anyway weren't they yeah Belvia tracks. Halifax, another one that was, I love going around Halifax because it was, had that banking on it so you could ride it really fast. Mm. Um, Sheffield was just Sheffield. So. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Dead smooth, so smooth. When Frank Vary used to do it, that's when I first went to um, Sheffield, when Frank Vary was doing it, when I first got my Speedway bike. Mm. I think it was Sunday afternoon, I went down there and um, got on there, I thought, God, this is so smooth. And was red shale, which mm. always looks really nice, the red shale. Just as that Coventry red shale Um I thought yeah dead smooth this compared to the grass tracking you it, it just heaven like sat in your hand <laughs> All yeah. Right.
0: yeah speedway was easy you know compared to grass track you know just literally just, just as smooth as, as anything sort of
1: thing yeah you get some of them grass tracks and they were bumpy <laughs> I mean, some, some of them were but some of them were an odd shaped mm. I mean the first one I ever did was up at um Shevington off the M6 there now jumping, you go down to one corner and you come up to the other, side the head tank corner. And you come up, you go over a jump. dress track bike's not made for jumping, really. You find about You go up a hill and you go to totally different to speedway. You know?
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But it's good. It's good. It's a good training ground for speedway because. The rough, bumpy speedway section, you know, it's oh, not that bad. It's compared to grass, side, it's a smooth. <laughs> book, <isn't> it? yeah. <laughs> oh, that was good.
0: Yeah, but uh, no, it's good. It's good to hear all these sort of things because, like I say to everybody, you know, it's great to hear these sort of like uh, little, little stories, little inklings to to, to things like that.
1: Yeah, because I say it's, it's, it's part of, of growing up and racing on the speedway, and, and people who've never done it. I mean, yourself having been, you know how because. <clears throat> The top people always make it look easy don't they yeah any sport you know what you watch the road race and everything i watch long they make it look easy but you say to people well have a go because people don't don't realize the acceleration of the speedway by how fast they accelerate you get on one of them and it pulls your arms off oh yeah it you pulls your actually you oh my god this is fast it's a family system also like running on methanol
2: mm.
1: and then um, Accelerate that accelerate most other things it's just the wheel spin that stops it launching into space yeah And um, but people don't uh, when you start a second half and people had come out in the centre green in your second round and ride right on the back you're still on the throttle for a bit down. you're not going you're only on the throttle a little bit mm. they'll be hanging on to you gripping <laughs> like bubbly. you're going to fall the back yeah and they just didn't realise how fast they do accelerate
2: mm-hmm. and
1: how hard they are to hang on to but I say that try to make it look easy, don't they, boys.
0: Yeah, so really it's easy. We just make it. We try to make it a bit difficult sometimes. You know, <laughs> yeah.
1: pull the wheel here. And just, um... Although the tracks, I must admit, the tracks these days seem a lot um, slicker than they were back in the day. Doesn't spin it because really? I think those bikes now far too powerful for what type of tracks we used to have back in the day. You just it's, when I've seen some crash, it just seems it's. They've Got to keep them revving, haven't they They've got to be up at 12,000 13,000 rpm to keep it. Doesn't see with the old um, the bikes with the Jawa two volley hour, you could get a good um, power range, could get them down low without any throttle on, yeah, and then open them up and they just pick up and just put the modern bikes. You seem to have to keep them on the power band, don't you? Mm, you see, do. From what I've seen, we got to keep them on the power band. Mm. Um, which is t- so having tracks with dirt on. I've seen on the Grand Prix and things like that when they have seen to have dirt on them or they hit some dirt, just take off, don't they?
0: Yeah, they do.
1: seen some crashes from from just lifting to launching. Mm. So yeah, the, the different the tracks have got to be different here because the bikes are so powerful, mm. a lot more powerful than I was. We were racing.
0: I mean, unfortunately, with obviously with great with obviously having the air fences and stuff like that, but still having that adrenaline rush of, of a bike and everything. You know and I mean, obviously riding the Monday bike. I never rode an upright or anything like that from practicing or anything like that but you do have to literally ride near enough flat out wherever you go sort of thing but unfortunately some of the tracks in the UK can't you can't really do that um again the technical tracks you can't you got to be able to play with the throttle and things like that so I mean I managed to fortunately ride one of the new sort of like the GTR engines when they first sort of came out and uh I couldn't get on with it myself personally, but it had the power band of like you can come into a corner with not a lot of throttle on, and then come off the corner screaming it, and it wouldn't be much of a difference, you know. Oh, it, yeah. would, it would be, it would be that whereas the power band and, and other engines is really really small. The GTR had like that little bit more of a gap that you could play with, sort of thing, without without sort of um, getting into trouble too much. You still got into a bit of trouble, but not too much.
1: That's the thing, I see. If, if you like, get off that power band, it- it just seemed to be very difficult to ride. As long as you're on, because you watching the Grand Prix, you see them, It's all full throttle. Mm,
0: it is
1: you no know, sort of feeding the throttle or feathering the throttle. It's just mm. like from the start on that power band and keep it on that. You don't take off that power band. It just doesn't no. seem to, doesn't seem to respond very well below whatever it is. I mean, what are they rev at now? Twelve. Uh, about about
0: thirteen years, something like that. They do nowadays. Uh, so I've not been involved with it in a little while, so my my mind and that sort of thing's not <laughs> not top notch.
1: So, I mean, they must be what best part of seventy brake horsepower now. Yeah, they
0: are very much so.
1: Yeah. See, back in the day, the Westex and that and the the, the two valve J was about fifty four brake horsepower. So that is to brake horsepower on the same tracks mm. right, that we used to race on. Mm. Um, you can't do it on them because it's just phew, lethal. Yeah, so they that, are. That, yeah, they 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 will be concerned just from they're too powerful for the type of tracks they're racing on mm. these days. They're just just way too quick. Mm. Way too quick.
0: Because, unfortunately, all, all, some of the tracks haven't been able to change because of the way they're in confines with like Greyhound, stock cars or whatever, you know, and things like that. I mean, obviously, Bellevue's blessed with having the brand new track and specialising in speedway, you know, obviously, with Chris being able to tell how, how to build the track and everything. But, obviously, the, the other tracks, like maybe something like Sheffield or anything like that, can get away with it. But it will come a point where it won't be able to get away with it because the bikes are too powerful.
1: Yeah, yeah. When I've been to Sheffield a couple of times before the last couple of seasons, um, yeah, they just see because they go in. I mean, you look at the, the track times mm. from, when, from when we were racing, mm. they're probably a couple of seconds quicker. You think, well, and that's on the same track.
2: Yeah. But
1: the back's that powerful. It, it's, it, it's like any, anything. There's a certain point where you think, well, this is dangerous now because even experienced riders will find it dangerous because you just, bikes are just too powerful. When mm. they go in that couple of seconds faster than we used to go, Mm. I mean, track records have come down. Say, a track record was sixty-five. They come down to sixty-three. You think, mm. well, to find the next two seconds when well, we thought we were going quick, yeah. And and they're doing it on the on the same sort of track. It's these mm. bikes. There's not have a lot of room for error, do they? No,
0: they don't. They don't. I mean, we we compare track times. I had uh, Jamie Doncaster on the show previous, and um, he went. Him and Ollie Olsen went to Pardubice. And they compared their winning times in their finals to compare to the modern day times. And it's like a second or a second and a half quicker than what they won it on. Now on the uprights and the GMs the Jowers and we we're on the, the GM laydowns and things like that. And there's not much difference really in it when you, when you talk about it.
1: I know, that, that's what I mean. But yeah. the the same times. Mm. <clears throat> and that's why the tracks can't have it on them. Because the modern bikes wouldn't wouldn't entertain them, would they?
0: No, they wouldn't though. They wouldn't be able to handle it at all. But uh or you know, more <laughs> yeah. No yeah, but um, going back to, to your career shall we say go back to the, um, obviously you managed to you had a few seasons at Sheffield um, finishing up in sort of 85 by doing only a few meetings and then moving on to Ellesmereport, Port um, in the National League um, how did that sort of move come about then
1: well that was that was um, at that time Ray Glover had, had finished in 84, 84 I think he finished Ray uh, Morris Ducker took over, It was Sean's sponsor. Yeah, um, brought in a few other riders. Um, <clears throat> then come the 85 season, um, I was still contracted to to Sheffield, but he wanted to let me and Reggie Wilson a few others go and bring in some other riders. <clears throat> Which I thought, well, yeah, that time I thought, well, yeah, because it's um, change of promoter. Um, a lot of rides were dropping down. I think Gordon Kenneth had dropped down a few Yeah, rides. yeah. Things were changing, you could see things were changing. Um, and Elsmith Port opened. Uh, I had a phone call from um, what's his name? Uh, Morris, not Maurice um, promoter at uh, Port. Can't remember his name,
0: <laughs> I can't help you with that one <laughs> a in a minute.
1: Anyway, he yeah. me up. Um, Mervyn Porter.
0: Yeah, Mervyn Porter,
1: okay. Mervyn Porter, yeah, he phoned me up. Um, would have been interested in going to Elzmere Port. He was opening a new track there. Um, so, well, yeah, he says, I've got in signed up, Louis Carr. He said, I'm, I'm looking for another heat leader. He said, would you be interested? Said, yeah. So we had a chat, sorted the contract out, and then um, that was it. I wasn't sold to, to Elzmere Port um, because I was still doing guest bookings for Sheffield still doing odd meetings for Sheffield mm. um, so I ended up going to Ellesmere Port and um, that, that was that was good so I left Sheffield ended up going to Elsmere Port 85 mm. with, with Joe and that was again it was moving to put a lot of money into getting the team together spent all the money on the heaters like Joe me and, and Louis Carr spent all the money on that and then got other eyes for second strings. Um, and we all again gelled together, just worked. And um, first year, well, the only season he promoted at Elmix, it's short after that. Yeah. Um that was when you could see the decline in speed, Time to go in speedway. And um, won the league. Mm. Once again, a tragedy that Joe got um, crippled. Yeah. Uh, I was just one of them things, but. Um, yeah, it was that was a good good year, it me point. Mm. Another again, Mervin, another speedway fan, big speedway fan, so spent all his money. And to be honest, the first couple of meetings got rained off, I think. And um it sort of put a damp on on the on the crowds. They seemed to be a bit wary of coming after that. And it didn't really pick up, to be honest. Even though we were winning the league, one of our home meetings, top of the league, the crowd didn't really pick up. And then, um, so they put all that money into it and sort of lost money on it. And then the council weren't keen on Speedway to stay in there. So it ended up closing, didn't she? And that was it. Mm. it. Never opened again. Yeah. But I, th- I think the council didn't didn't help there. They weren't helpful, to put it that way, for Speedway to continue at, mm. um, at, at Ellesmere Port there. So it ended up closing, which was sad because really, we won the league and no chance to defend it. And it closed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was a great year. But, um, apart from Joe getting um, injured mm. uh, again, all the riders gelled together. And it just just worked.
0: Mm. And also, uh, also around that sort of time, you had um, screen sport television coverage of uh, of a few meetings in the national league as well. If remember right. I think there's one that year it was that, was that down at Paul. I think was one of the Ellsworth report meetings were covered and and things like that. And that's when Joe was like sort of at his peak that season of of riding really well.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, they did a few meetings in the screen sport. Mm. I think they did. Yeah, I think they did. Um, yeah, and Joe was, yeah, see Peter. And they said, again, I've been someone like that who, you know, can go out and do 10 or 11 points every meeting. Mm. It just G's everyone else up and gets all the rest of the team gel together. And it, second strings were really good. Because mm. they always relied on me, Joe, and and Louis, to get the majority of the points. And then, it's like any, any team or anything, you always rely on having good second strings and reserves because they're the ones that win you the meetings. Yeah. Either you expect them to get between 8 and 12. Mm. Most of you don't you expect them yeah. to do that. But your second strings that can be, one day they can beat everyone and score a match so the next thing they get nothing or get two or three. Your mm. reserves are the same. They're the people that win you the meetings, mm. the reserves and the second strings.
0: Mm.
1: But, um, so it works out good. It helps me. A point, yeah. it, it was good. Yeah, and like like you
0: said, it was, the, it was, again, it was a change of the tide because I think 85 was when some of the clubs from the British League, uh, like like Eastbourne, for example, dropped down. Wimbledon dropped down um, to the National League and things like that. So the National League grew as the British League declined, unfortunately. But then, like I said, yourself, Joe, uh, Louis, um, you say Gordon, all those top British League boys all dropped down at the same time as well. So that made the National League extremely strong, you know, things like that. <laughs> yeah,
1: because you think, oh, I'm dropping down to the National League a lot but think, Hang on a minute. These are <laughs> lads that have, that have been at the top, like say mm. Gordon Kennett. those sort of people dropping down to the to the national league have made it bloody twice as strong as it was. <laughs> so it, did, it didn't get any easier.
2: No,
1: no. i will drop down from the British to the national league be easier. Yeah. Uh, hang on a minute. <laughs> All the teams have had two or three heaters from the British League in them. Mm. Obviously, you, you, you're at the the back end of your career. You're not. You're not the, the top dog you were before, but. Mm. You still, you still not to race, and so it still makes it hard. Yeah, and um, yeah, it was, still, it was just as pretty strong as it was before.
0: You think you're going to have an easy life now? This national league, oh, I'd be a doddle <laughs> sort of thing. I think, yeah. no.
1: <laughs> no, not quite. I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dropping down, isn't it? and that's at the time you could see the sort of decline in, in the British leagues because it was getting too expensive, wasn't it? So they couldn't mm-hmm. afford to, to run it the way it was, and it kept going smaller and smaller. Yeah. at that time nationally, it got a bit bigger it because some teams dropped down mm. um, and say last time opened up for the first time so did make it a bit um, of a bigger league
0: but, yeah uh, it's a shame that that sort of thing doesn't happen anymore so I mean, like, you can have like 16 teams in like, both divisions sort of thing because then I think Speedway again would grow from having the variety of tracks but it's hard and hard to open a track nowadays
1: yeah the, the trouble is um so back in those days, there was plenty of riders about. I mean, you look around now, there isn't mm. the riders to, to fill. If you had 20 teams now, where are you getting the riders from?
0: Yeah, exactly. You, w- you wouldn't have that. You'd have sort of like uh, a top half. It'd be like football. You know, it'd be like you had like, your Manchester United and your Arsenal's and people like that at the top of the league. And you have the like, lower lower end of the league where the, the clubs can't afford these bigger riders sort of thing. So it'd be like that.
1: Yeah, it would be. Cause, and, and finding the riders, because the... There wouldn't be enough rides to go around now, I mean, back in the day, there was, there was plenty of rides about it, it mm. was different, but that's that's just the way it seems to be at moment. it's just gone in a big decline from where it was back in in my day, mm. when there was, there was riders everywhere, and clubs. Yeah,
0: that's just why I like looking back at the old days because I think, well, you know, if I was around then, I would have loved it because we've seen a different club every week, you know, no matter what league you rode in or watched or part or supported or whatever. But uh, I must say in the 85 season that uh, a certain Eastbourne stops you doing the double in the KO Cup. I will have to mention that. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's, um, I think because I thought we, we couldn't do the same as we did at Crew, the mm. League and Cup double. But yeah, like Eastbourne, didn't because he came to Ellsmey Port. Really well, mm. so it just that was it. We didn't do double book, and the league was was decided actually after seeing the finish. I think because yeah. um, it was a control board that that, um, that that changed a couple of points in a couple of meetings. So when we had up in Glasgow, which we'd lost, but we should have won, and it they changed a couple of meetings about. So mm. it worked uh, in our favour in the end. Yeah, well, it but, wasn't until after the season had finished
0: that we'd actually won the league as such. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I think it was between wasn't it you and Middlesbrough to try and win the league, and I think yeah, Middles- it was. I think Middlesbrough had a, a, an away run in. I think again one of them was at Eastbourne, which they had to win. But I think Ellesmere Port were riding away somewhere. I don't know, I think it might have been at Glasgow. It might have been that one um, or something like that. And you guys got a better got a better score than what they did. And of course, that consequently knocked them the, the chances out to win the league, sort of thing. So.
1: Yeah. So I think there was one meeting at Middlesbrough were at home or something and they were expected to win it. So well, that's, that's it, they win that. And they, won. they didn't win it. I can't remember mm. what it was. Or a meeting they were, they were expected to win because they were riding quite high at the time. Mm. And they didn't, so that, that just threw it all out. And then, So after we got that uh, extra point added to ours, it just made us we won the league. Mm. Which was mm. good. It was good good um, a good reward for moving because he put a lot into the club spent his own money mm. and didn't get the rewards as regards to crowd and that but i mean he loved it and he had two uh, the two team managers stan ward and um chris bond mm. never promoted never done team managing before so it's all new to them they loved it it's mm, it like a family team mm. yeah, they're all just pulled together and it was mm. it was good
0: mm. How did you find out that you won the league? Did you get like a phone call then saying, oh, we won the league, sort of thing? <laughs>
1: it, it did. Because Mary said it was, it was, it was one night anyway, he said, they're deciding today. He mm. said, we'll, we'll let you know what happens. He'd gone down to, to the to the control board meeting um, and he phoned up, said we have been awarded that point, we won the league. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Can't really celebrate because there's no one one about because it was mm-hmm. late at night and and that was it the won the league.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Bit of a bit of a downer really because you didn't get a chance to, to go back to Elmport and <clears throat> with the with the crowd and everything. So it was just, it was just uh, different wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no. yeah, it good to win though.
0: Yeah, I can imagine it was good to win. And uh, again, like I say, at that sort of time of your career as well, you know, you, you know, you're just sort of sort of winding down your racing career, sort of thing. And you go and win the league, and think, oh, great, you know, roll on next year, sort of thing. Before you found out that Port was going to shut down, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, that was that was that was tragic. I um, so it, it was, towards the end, it was always on the card because the council weren't great for mm. Uh Moving didn't have a lot of money, um, couldn't really afford to carry on doing it, so ended up shutting down. And then um, that's when I ended up going to Newcastle. Mm. Ended up, uh, going to Newcastle. Um, again, that was uh, John Dews doing a track up there with um, it Eric Stead, was it? then? I think at the time. Um, so yes, yeah, so I ended up going to Newcastle then in 86. Mm. Um, which is quite, quite good. Quite enjoyed it up there. Um, had a good first season, I think. Um, so yes, I enjoyed it mm. up there. That was another track. It was it was one of them funny sort of tracks. Quite long straights and and tight corners. Yeah, but um, that was it was good. And then thing you had local dabs it was Mills Bus. i to be traveling all the way to Millsborough and Newcastle every week. So, yeah. so another another traveling. But we double, doubled up then with Gary O'Hare and uh, Bernie Collier. Mm. Band, so of advanced, we should travel up there together, so it made it a bit cheaper.
0: Uh, that's, that, that's a good thing, and also good for Team Spirit as well. You know, have all of you yeah, like, get yeah. out there do that sort of thing. So, yeah, it, was, it
1: was my van, you should play my music in the van. There, so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's my van, my rules. That's that's the way yeah. it should be.
1: Got to pay your way, but it's my rules,
0: yeah. <laughs> but I'm um, looking at this obviously. Again, I've got some stats. Here. Obviously, your first year at Newcastle, you have got an 8.24 average. So, again, like you said, that's a, a, a nice average to sort of maintain. I think you had an 8-point average again at Ellesmereport when you finished, so you kept on that sort of high level.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was it was good. Um, yeah, because I'd never really ridden Newcastle before, because I think it was closed when I was in the British League, so I'd never actually ridden there before, mm. until well for practising and everything. Um, so it was it was quite a good track. Quite enjoyed it there. Mm. Um, yeah, I had an 8-point to whatever average, 2.4 average. So, yeah, it was good. Again, we had a good team. Mm. Um, I think Joe was team manager for a while there as well. Um, yeah, I think
0: he was, yeah.
1: I think he was, yeah. So, yeah, it's quite good. Um, but then it changed the second year. I think John Dews left then. Um, I think, was it George English took over? Can yeah, probably would have been around about that sort of time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, um, yeah, I think, and again, I think they shot after that, didn't they? After... Because I left in
0: eighty-seven. Yeah, you left in eighty-seven. Yeah, so they might have been, but I think they shot for like a season, maybe or something like that.
1: Yeah, I think they did, didn't. They and mm. then, um, but yeah, it was good. I enjoyed um, Newcastle. Mm. It was good. Good, say good, good promoters, good, good track team, and everything. So it was, mm. it was quite good. Enjoyed it.
0: Mm. And then, obviously, then moving on to, to eighty-eight, which was your last year, you moved on to Long Eaton. Um, a bit, bit yeah. of a different move. <laughs>
1: Yeah, again, that was Mervyn Porter taking over there. Mm. Um, To be honest, um, when I finished at um, Newcastle in eighty seven, I was thinking of retiring at that time Mm. Um, because obviously getting older. Um, I was finding the things outside of speedway buying and and selling. and bits and pieces. Mm. Um, oh, to a I said, like, can you would you come and ride? So, I said, yeah, okay. Then, but I'm thinking about it, I shouldn't have done really because firstly the track was badly prepared, it was rough, bumpy, horrible. It wasn't. A, I mean, that can be a good track longing if it's prepared properly. It was rough and
2: because
1: mm. I stock cars, I think, and then should prepare properly It was rough and horrible.
2: Yeah,
1: and it wasn't enjoying my racing. So I think I only did. What two, three meetings? Yeah, so, uh, didn't do a lot. And it was one when it was it was wet and, and raining, <clears throat> and we'd been out and got covered in crap and everything. I said that such dangerous it's pissing down. Mm. Don't really be racing on that. So coming next, day, I said I'm not going out. So then he says, "Come on, come on." I said, "No, I've had enough." I said that tacky dangerous. I'm not going out. So <laughs> the uh, referee. <clears throat> Spoke to, to me and he said he's got to go out. He's going to get fined. He doesn't. Really, I says right. I tell you what, find me. I'm off <laughs> and pack will go well, which was the wrong thing to do. Yeah, you, you know <clears throat> you're in that racing mood and you know track's not good, not dangerous, and you're thinking other things. I think I'm not constrained on my racing here. So you you mind on other things. If you go out there and try to race, and you mind on other things. You're going to come, you're going to get hurt.
2: Mm.
1: So I thought. I'm not doing this, I've had enough. I don't want to be doing it anymore. Comes Just comes that point in your career where you think, I've had enough. And just that one track, if it had been a good smooth track, yeah, I would have probably carried on. But it was a bad track. It was rough, bumpy, and the meeting was wet. It shouldn't have been, shouldn't have been bouncing down. Mm. So that was it. Uh, loaded my bike up. I never went back. I've never ridden the bike since. Never ridden a spirit bike since. Yeah. Well, it, that was the wrong thing to do. It wasn't fair on Mervyn. It wasn't fair on... But I should have stuck to me guns and finished in 87 at, at Newcastle shot. Yeah. Said, right, that's it. I've had enough now. I'm, I'm retiring. Because it's not a good way to, to bow out of the sport when you've been here for the best part of 17, 18 years to just mm. suddenly take the, take the spit the dummy out and take the bloody bike on and that's it. Fuck, mm. It's not a way to finish And I regretted it in the ass. I apologise, that's... Phone and apologized to him. Mm. I said, "I'm sorry, I did that." I said, "But I've just come to that point where I don't want to race anymore. Mm. and I'm not happy with the track, and said so. That that's it. I'm not going back. I never, never rode again. Not yeah. end of the career.
0: So <laughs> <laughs> obviously, you're at that time, you were a guy with great experience. So you knew a, a good and a bad track, and obviously, oh. in the, you know, you know, you know. Obviously, maybe some of these younger kids in the national in the national league, then will just keen and eager to ride, you know, that sort of thing. But then you, with your sort of uh, head of, of experience, I'm thinking, nah, nah, nah I, I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in sort of thing.
1: Yeah, because you've got, it's like anything, you've got a bit of a name for yourself. Like I was, when I was 17, 18, youngster, starting off in Speed 8 you're looking to get the bigger scalps, aren't you? Mm. And so you've got a bit of a reputation in space, so they know you've been one of the top riders. So they're looking to beat you, aren't they? They're, one, mm. they're, they're, they're just they ride flat out because the kids, back in the age, you've got no fear. <laughs> but when you, you've had a few injuries and you get in late 30s, <clears throat> you think, do I really want this? Yeah. Put things in life and I'm not enjoying it. I know bad stuff when I say we shouldn't be racing, the, it, it was bouncing down, we shouldn't be racing in the rain. I mean, no, know, we did it back in the day, did on the grass track, We'd be racing on the grass track, but things have changed. I mean, they won't do, I mean now any bit of rain, like, Whoa, we're not racing. Yeah. So it is dangerous racing in the ring, because you're not in control properly. No. So so that was it. So I thought, and if you if you're not concentrating on your racing and your safety, you're thinking oh I might get hurt, I might get hurt, you're not mm. racing properly, and that's when you do get hurt. Exactly. You got to give it hundred percent or go home. Mm. So that's what happened. But that's not done it really, But that's really? just the way. To just that was the end of my career. Just walking out, which was the wrong way. You, you prefer to go out on the bit of a high, bit of, mm. right, I've done two years at, um, won well, no the league with, with Port and mm. done two years at Newcastle, I've had quite a decent average, still half decent rider, right, I'm mm. packing it in though, but, it's that racing thing, isn't it, you want to keep racing, yeah. you know, yeah. your mind says, you shouldn't be racing, but it says, yeah, go on, go, let's have another go, <laughs>
0: yeah, just, just, just one more race, one more and you'll be fine, you would get yeah. out of it,
1: yeah, <laughs> getting hurt, because, you end up not racing properly, and so then I got to that point where I thought I don't really want it anymore. And ended up because 'cause we'd all like to race forever. You'd like to be still racing when you're seventy, but obviously <laughs> you come to the point where you think can't do it? I mean the likes of <clears throat> of um Greg Hancock still racing at the 40 that takes some doing. Yeah. You've got to yourself fit and you gotta be on the money to be mm-hmm. to be doing that, to be racing at that level at, at that age.
0: Yeah. I mean um
1: Um yeah,
0: fair dues. Yeah, I mean, hundred percent fair dues on on uh, on, on what they um, they have achieved and all that sort of thing. And obviously, I like say it's, it's the time where you you right. decided to hang up, and that was it, sort of thing.
1: Yes, yeah, that was it. It's just time to to give it up, and that that was that was the end of it.
0: Mm.
1: Wrong way to end it, but just just the way it was.
0: It's the way it was. I mean, it, it is what it is, but. Um, Cheers for tonight, Dave. I mean, I must wrap it up, you know, tonight. But it's been, it's been it's been great talking to you. Okay, we've had a few technical problems tonight. I think it's mainly my end because it's the weather's lashing it down here at the moment. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, that's probably my fault. But um, hopefully, you've enjoyed yourself tonight and just talking about it, and reminiscing a bit of it, you know, and things yeah,
1: like it's, that. it's always good to say because a lot of the people on Facebook are from them from my era, a lot of the old fans. Um, so yeah, so yeah, it's always good to talk about it and things you can remember and things that have happened. Yeah. Uh, I'll probably go away now and think, "Oh, should I it? should have mentioned. I should have mentioned that." <laughs> Just the way it is. 40 years ago, yeah, quite... yeah. Well, if
0: you ever think of anything else, you can. We can always do another part. We can always do another another part of it if you want to continue it another time or anything like that. More than welcome to come back on the show. Yeah, that's
1: that's great. That's great. I've yeah. enjoyed it. Uh, nice Good. to meet you, and um, we're
0: friends on Facebook, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, we are friends on Facebook. We've been friends on Facebook for a little while, but we, we yeah, haven't yeah. spoken. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but but before I go, I must, I must do the plugs and everything, which is uh, – Please make sure you sign up to the YouTube channel. Subscribe on there. Listen to the, all, all the shows, all the previous shows. I mean, we've had Bruce Pennell, Gary Havelock, Jeremy Doncaster, uh, so many riders on, and everything, and even Peter Oakes. We've had on. We've had Steve Evans from America, but a lot of people on the show and everything. So please go catch up on the say on the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on, on, on loads of other streams as well. But uh, for tonight, cheers, Dave.
1: Thanks for your, thanks for
0: your time, mate. Yeah, thank you
1: very much.
2: Enjoyed it. Cheers. Good.